Gig Gab, the Working Musicians Podcast, episode number 79, for Monday, August 29th, 2016. <music> Greetings, folks! And welcome to Gig Gab, the podcast by, for, and about working musicians here in Los Gatos, California. I'm Dave Hamilton. You're also in Los Gatos, California, Paul Kent. How are you this morning, Mr. Kent? I'm good. I'm staring across the table at my buddy. We had quite a weekend, didn't we? We we did. Yeah, (laughs) we absolutely did. (laughs) So we're going to take this episode and walk people through the whole prep. Yeah. Discussion, more prep. Yep. And then the and then actual the, gigs. The debrief. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So for you guys listening out here, Dave came out about six, seven months ago. I found out I was going to need a sub for a weekend of gigs at a big car show in the area. And my regular drummer has a regular thing this weekend. So um, I figured I'd ask. Didn't know if he'd be interested. It paid pretty well. So, But I didn't know if he'd be interested in you know coming across the country, leaving his beautiful family behind for a couple of days. But I asked and he said that could happen. Thought about it for a couple of days, and then Dave said he'd do it. So we've been talking about this, hinting about it on the show for almost as long as we've been doing this year's shows, and um, and it all came together this weekend. So how are you feeling right now, Dave? I feel pretty good. I, I mean, it was um, it, it was interesting prepping for this because there were a lot of tunes that you guys play that I've played before. Your way, right? Yeah, and and also even if they even if I played them the same way that you guys do, it had been five years since I played with a horn band and, and, and there's, you know, there's some kind of standard horn band arrangements and then there's your ways, which right. are different. Yeah. So it was interesting prepping for it. Cause the tunes that I didn't know were actually the easiest. The ones that I did, uh, um, unlearn. I, yeah. I had to unlearn or, or re- refresh myself. Cause it was like, I'm trying to think it might've even been, I think it, I think it was the, um, the, the the whole pink Cadillac Peter Gunn thing that you guys do. Uh-huh. We'd never talked through the ending of that. And it was like, huh, we're like halfway through it on the first day. I wonder how. And I'm thinking, you know, we, we didn't do pink Cadillac, but we did the Peter Gunn thing in, in the horn band I'm in. Uh-huh. I'm like, I wonder if they end it like the traditional Mancini way. I'm like, well, I guess I'm just going to listen yeah. and see what happens. And sure enough, you guys do end it the traditional way. Okay. Which is good. Didn't know that was traditional. Yeah. Well, it's it's. I don't know where the tradition started, but it's it predates us. There's a tribe somewhere. Th- thank that you. And songs that way. <laughs> yes. And and uh, so that was kind of a nice little treat to like say I know an ending to this song and oh hey look it turns out it's the same. You used a term a couple episodes ago when we were talking about getting ready for this. You said big ears, and maybe talk a little about exactly what you meant by big ears. Yeah. So. Uh, and big ears were mandatory this weekend, but not just for me, right? I mean, uh, everybody on stage d- demonstrated what I call big ears, listening to everything that's going on, realizing when someone is either playing what you expect them to, not playing what you expect them to. And and in those moments, how confident are they with what they're playing that's unexpected to you, yeah. right? Because it might be that Nick is playing, Nick, your keyboard player, is playing something that's unexpected to me, but he's halfing his way through it because he's waiting for me to catch up to where he is. Right. As opposed to if he's dug in, 
It's like, all right, I'm going to follow him as opposed to I'm going to find him and we'll go somewhere else together. I think Big Ears is not only a roadmap thing, it's a dynamics and blend and when to go and get in the way and when to get out of the way. Type That's of right. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, I, th- I noticed that a lot with the playing this week. So you and I haven't actually played any music together in quite a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Well, it's been four years, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 So, all right. So let's let's back all the way up to the beginning. So I was in New York Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of last week. Yeah. I don't know if I've mentioned that I have a fondness for this certain singer from New Jersey. Are you aware of this? Uh, John Bon Jovi, right? Big one? Close. Okay. Close enough. Sure. Uh, anyway, I saw him on Tuesday night, put on an amazing four-hour show in his home state. And so I was, I'm amped. You know, I'm inspired. I am pumped up. I get on a Wednesday evening flight, get home very late Wednesday night. You come in midday, Thursday yeah. morning. Yeah. I get you at the airport. We grab something to eat. And then our first pit stop is the music store where you're going to pick up a loaned cajon. And I found out for the first time that all cajones are not created equal. That's correct. And so this was a very generous loaner. From, oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Thank you so much to Keith for loaning us. Yeah. So cajon. Keith Holland Guitars was nice enough to say, hey, yeah. let me help you guys out. Yeah. And so we picked that up. We came back. Um, just kind of relaxed for a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And then we had a five o'clock setup up at the winery. Luckily, the, this first gig was very close to my house. And so, you know, we're 10 minutes away. And we headed up to the winery. We set up. And then it was kind of a nice surprise. A bunch of people who'd been looking forward to meeting you started filing in, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, it was like a little gig gab meetup. It, it was. And yeah. so, um, you know, it was a winery. So there was wine, and which is a, a good icebreaker for a lot yep. of things. But a lot of people had been waiting to meet Dave who, who know about our friendship and uh, were just looking to hear us playing, play together. Yeah. Just, you know, see if these guys who are buddies really can do anything. Yeah. So we sat down and uh, we started out kind of simple. We did? Yeah. And uh, you were cojoning your head off. Yeah, that was the, my first time ever playing a sit-on cajon. So your environment is greatly different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, but, was, this was a non-standard setup. Because yeah. I was sitting and leaning on this thing and playing it and trying to find where, it, as Paul said, every cajon is created differently. And uh, even as soon as we got it, you know, I'm peering in the back. He's like, is everything okay? And I said, well, yeah, I just need to know like what this – what the construction is so that I know where to hit and where not to hit yeah. and where it might sound one way versus sure. another. So, yeah. So we get up, uh, we play the first couple songs and then to my surprise, both Simon and uh, Nick from the house rockers came up because they wanted to say hello to and welcome Dave to town. So they came up and I wasn't going to let them just sit on the sidelines. So over the course of the evening, we got them involved as well. We got a couple good videos out of it, right? Yeah. And you know, there was a lot of fun there. It was just a very joyous, relaxed it's night. Pretty, pretty loose. It was loose, but I mean, the music was really good. And what was most meaningful for me was that we played the song, which was the first song you and I ever sang together, the Beatles one after nine Oh nine. That's right. And there's a really good video of that. That, that actually went really, really yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. And I hadn't even thought about that song. And then all of a sudden Dave and that song title popped in my head right before I picked him up at the airport. And I was like, that's an obvious one. That's funny. I was I was thinking about it on the plane. I'm like, oh, we, I wonder if Paul's comfortable doing 909 acoustic. Yeah. 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 It worked out good. And so you guys can check out the video and kind of get a feel for what we're doing. Uh, Nick uh, came on and sang uh, Take It Easy by the Eagles. Yeah. So we had some impromptu three-part harmonies. And yeah. that was kind of cruising. Nick did a great uh, version of um, Let's Stay Together, the, uh, the Al Green song. 
And uh, it was just a really nice night, a good way to kind of break you in and get you playing music right away. It was. It was a great, yeah. yeah. It relaxed was, a lot of stuff. It relaxed a lot of stuff. It was like, oh, yeah, we yep. can just play and sing and we're musicians and it's all good. And and having Simon and Nick there, it was a good icebreaker from, th- from that standpoint, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Yep. Because it was like, oh, we're just all... Kind of set the feel for what the rest of the weekend was going to be like, totally. right? Yeah. So yeah. Thursday night was just a lot of fun. And uh, thanks to... We have a lot of friends who are Gig Gab listeners who come out to see me play. And we're excited to meet Dave. So like Dave said, it was the first of hopefully other Gig Gab meetups that we might do in different places, hopefully. And um, But it was just nice. Thanks to all the people who came out to listen to us and the, for all the photos and, and for the videos. Um, it was really, really fun. And then we had Friday to totally decompress, right? Sort of. That was our plan. Yeah. And then Nick uh, called oh, an impromptu that's right. rehearsal. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So Nick, after Thursday, sends a note and says, hey, uh, how about if we get together tomorrow and, and uh, run a couple endings? And um, I had about an hour. I had some errands that I had to run and, and you know, I had plans for Dave to, and I just chill. And so I had about an hour. And we ran over to his house, which is where our, our rehearsal studio is. And we ran through probably 15 to 20 songs, you know, if, if not all all of them. Yeah, we touched. I didn't feel like it was that many, but it might, it might well have been. It was a yeah. lot of songs. Yeah. And the, the fun thing for me there was um, watching you and Nick start to get some chemistry, like as he would explain how he likes certain things to be in his songs. Yeah. Or, you know, how certain things go um, that – that communication, which is, you know, a really interesting thing. Like a lot of times subs don't get the benefit of a rehearsal like that. Totally. Yeah. But you know, that we did. Um, and to watch, you know, Nick directs a lot of stuff on stage. Yeah. And so to watch you guys kind of have this unspoken language where you can understand, you know, when he's wanting things sped up or when he's wants, you know, you to play a little sparser or something like that. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. And, and, you know, I, I think, I don't know how much of the stuff that we did, you literally committed to memory. Right. Not much, not much, but right. you got another sense of comfort with. Yeah, with, I mean, I, I took, need, I took your, notes on certain things. I saw that, and yeah. your brain kind of goes, "I don't need to commit this to memory because Nick is going to look at me and because and we've already not his ag- head agreed and, yeah. that we're going to talk about yeah, this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we did, we did get to sneak in an hour of playing, which again got you hitting a real kit for a little bit and yep. got you feeling a little bit better about it. That's right. Yeah. So, and then we ended Friday by watching Love and Mercy, the Brian Wilson show, which That's was right. actually really cool. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's yeah. very cool. I thought Cusack was good. What'd you think? Yeah. Yeah. The, the weird part was accepting that, he didn't look anything that like Cusack it. is is playing this role of someone that we know exactly what they look like. Yeah. But, and the one who played younger Brian Wilson looked quite a bit like, like a, him. a ringer. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But, other, but I thought Cusack was great. Yeah. yeah. Really some intense moments. Yeah. Very, yeah. very good. Yeah. All right, so then that's Friday night. We get up Saturday. We have a, a little breakfast. At, at Shea Kent here. At Shea Kent. <laughs> and um, kudos to, to the Shea. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then we head out, and we, have a, we had a noon call, but Dave said, I'd like to get there a little bit earlier. I just want to understand my environs. And so we got there. Uh, easy hour drive. We pulled in, and we're pulling right past the stage, and Dave goes pale white, and he says, oh, Paul, we're going to have a problem. I don't play red drum kits. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I had to break the ice yeah, on the day somehow. Thanks for that, man. <laughs> anyway, one of, uh, one of our crew guys is a drummer, and he was nice enough to let us use his drum. So, Daniel, out there, thank you so much. It's a great kit. Sounded great. And uh, we appreciate you helping us out that way. Um, so, we park the car. We walk up. 
and I can sense your your heart is actually going. You're like oh, you're sure. amped. Like I'm you're, amped. You're meeting people. You're saying hi. You're re- getting reacquainted with some guys. Yep. You're like you know in the zone. In the right? zone. Yeah. And so what's going through your head is we're just about ready to you like you started tweaking drums and yeah. moving them around. And- yeah, moving them around. Yeah, I, you know, Dan- I mean, and we did. We used Daniel's kit. It's an absolute treat to show up at a gig and have the drums not just already there, but like set up and ready to go. And and so, but, you know, Daniel and I had never met. There's no way he would have known exactly where I wanted everything. And so, you know, I took 10 minutes and kind of moved some things around, put the symbols where I wanted them and and that kind of thing. And the whole time I'm chit-chatting with Daniel because I know that, you know, A, I mean, he's a nice guy and I, I want to yeah. thank him. But, yeah, yeah. but B, I know I'm going to be working with him for the next two days. And so, you know, developing a rapport as quickly as possible is absolutely vital. So Daniel is um, a younger musician. Um, he, play, he makes original music. Um, he's, he's done great crew work for the House Rockers. And he's always, he's like a sponge. So, you know, here we have a bunch of older guys. And he's a younger guy, very reverent and respectful. And he, he'll say, I learn something every time I'm with you guys. I learn how to run a band. I learn how to drum. I learn everything like that. And I, he was watching you really carefully. He was like laser focused on me yeah. the whole time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was great because if I needed like a little tweak in my monitor or whatever, I knew I always had somebody a drummer to talk looking to. right at me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, so it was good. And then w- the real treat was, well, there were many, many treats throughout the weekend. But when I showed up on Sunday, of course, the kit set up. And it's exactly the way I would have done it. And uh, I'm like, Daniel, he's like, well, he's like, you know, yesterday I was kind of taking like mental pictures from different angles of how you had things. So yeah, it's good. Drum tech. Yeah. Um, So, so, you know, everybody kind of shows up, we have a little time and we get to run a little bit of sound. We break into a sound check song, which I think was Domino by Morrison. Yeah. And uh, I thought it kind of felt like a band. Right away. Right away. Like, like you were feeling us and you just did what you do. And, uh, I think immediately right then and there, because, you know, some of the guys remember playing with you one or two songs. Right. But don't really know the extent of your your, your chops, right? Totally. And um, and I think that th- those first few minutes, the band was like, oh, cool. This is, this." Is, Paul didn't bring us, you right. know, just a buddy of his for the sake of bringing a buddy. Right. It was like, you know, okay, this guy can jump. So he we, can play. Yeah. We got through. And so any, what about our whole process for getting set up, getting sound checked, getting rung out? What do you, what do you want to share about that? Um, be, be kind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's, I mean, it was a normal setup in, in the general scheme of things. You guys have a big PA that you work with, um, probably bigger than you need for that venue. But I mean, that's never a bad thing because I know you do a lot of actually much bigger things. Uh, the um, the process of getting everything rung out. I guess what maybe half the guys use in ears. Maybe not quite half. No half. 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 Yeah. Fully half. Yeah, that's right. I guess with me it's on half. stage, it yeah. was half. Yeah, right. So uh, you know that was easy. And and Bill, your sound guy, you've talked about everybody should have a bill. I fully support this measure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bill was just fantastic. Really easy to work with, and I had um, made sure that. If I was going to do in ears ahead of time, I talked to Bill and said, "Look, I, I, it doesn't make any sense if I can't mix them myself. So if I can't, then let's just do a wedge." And he's like, "No, no, absolutely, you mix them yourself." He's like, "I don't want to get involved in that." I'm like, right? Okay. So, so we did that, and the ears worked fine. He actually sent you sent you a link for the app. Yeah, he sent me the app and the password ahead of time, so it was Here all we go. yeah, good to go. And uh, 
but no, the setup was fine. One one thing that you guys do that really surprised me, and it was absolutely decadent, is you guys have an upstage subwoofer that's just used <laughs> as a as a thumper on stage. So that was between uh, Steve, the bass player, and I. That was that was quite decadent to uh-huh. have that, but uh, but I'll take it. It was good. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, yeah, it's, sound on stage is loud with you guys. You are one of the loudest bands on stage I've ever played with. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've always thought we're loud. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of an interesting thing because horns are usually pretty picky about it. Mm. I think they've learned to play with us. Some, you know, some of them use in-ears. Mm-hmm. Some of them, you just use the monitors. And, uh, you know, again, they're, they're behind a lot of stuff. I was just so. going to say, they're situated kind of away from it. It's it's where the rhythm section is, uh, you know, stage left. Yeah. And and honestly, uh, it it's your keyboard player. He's got not only his keyboard's really loud, but his vocal monitor is screaming. Yeah, he he insists on being comfortable hearing yep. what he needs to hear. Well, yeah, I mean you got to be comfortable. Yeah. yeah, and and for him that means loud. But like when we've played that first note of uh, of Domino, uh-huh. just to sound check, I had I might have had one ear in. I'm sure I did, but I I intentionally had one out so that I could hear and blend on stage yeah. and all of that, right? Because if you if you don't know where you are, then you wind up under or overplaying and nobody on stage feels right. And that's bad. So, uh, you know, so I started playing at like a normal volume. I couldn't hear my snare drum. And I was like, well, am I, I know, it's right, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a pretty loud snare. This was a pork pie thing. It was a 13 by seven, uh, snare. And I mean, it had some bite. It was like, okay. So we finished the tune and I brought it up another notch and, uh, in pitch like, well, it can't sit there. <laughs> And then it and then it started to cut a little bit more through the mix, and yeah. I was like, "Okay, that's fine." I mean, it just wasn't what I expected. Playing with horns, I didn't want to be like too up, right? Um, but absolutely, there was no top end to yep. your band. But that's good. Like you guys are a rock band. Yeah, so it's interesting just to kind of jump around in time. Yeah, we closed the weekend by going to see a concert. Yes, and um, we were making the comments. So the band that we saw on Sunday. I think was a very good band. Technically, they made some interesting choices in terms of front of house sound, but Dave mostly reacted to kind of the style and the edge. And now, now they were, I think, all in in ears in that band. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they were what I call a corporate band. Yeah. Dave is called a show band. Yeah. You know that type of thing. And it was um, again. I, I thought they were good, very fine players. Oh, and, and the crowd great loved entertainers. Them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, very weird mix n- and not, not intentionally, not really an edge to their sound. Not no, really like a no edge. Yeah. Yeah. They had a three piece horn section that I heard maybe three times total. Yeah. Um, and they had a guitar player who I heard exactly once they turned him up for, uh, the beginning of, of journeys. Don't stop believing. Yeah. And after that, even solos, he was, he was just gone. There were, there was no, there was a keyboard player on stage, a guitar player on stage, a drummer, a percussionist, several vocalists, and then three horns. You kind of heard vocals and, and kick drum. Vocals and kick drum. Yeah. I never heard keys um, other than that solo in the aha tune. The uh-huh. You know that. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it was a weird mix. But it, you know, if you think about it, they probably do a lot of indoor corporate functions yeah. where sound has to be restrained. They did no sound check. I don't know if you know this. They I, literally yeah. relied on their digital settings and... Yeah. Clint a couple things and we're done. Well, and that might work when you are in 
a room that's very similar to the room you always play, mm-hmm. right? But I think outside, you gotta, you gotta. I mean, it, the way it sounded to me was they had a overall limiter on their sound that was set very aggressively, and like the kick drum and the vocals were were kind of pumping against each other. And I, you didn't need to do that. I mean, you had what you know, almost five thousand people in the park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You you could have you know you could have opened up the top end. I think if and I think if they had raised that limiter. It would have made a huge difference, but it's not their sound. Yeah. And so, yeah. again, that, and yeah. that's the point of this is, you know, the house rockers are this kind of, we are loud, sweaty. It's a rock band, raw, folks. Raw. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a blast. <laughs> well, because you could play. Yeah. That was the thing is, I mean, there's, you know, there's 10 other or nine other guys on stage, so you can't overplay all the time, but there are moments for each person to play, and you're supposed to play. Yeah. All yeah. right. So the first day, we played three one-hour sets and one half-an-hour set between between one and seven p.m. So we played a, a one-hour set at one, a one-hour set at three, a half-hour set at five, and then a one-hour set at six. And I was, over the course of the day, we probably had about twenty-five or thirty tunes. Would you say? Yeah. We repeated a few. Yep. Well, it was a car show, so we had to play the car songs. All car songs. We played Pink Cadillac, Baby Won't You Drive My Car, and Vehicle, which I thought Vehicle was one of the more interesting tunes, how it evolved, because it, we played it every set. Yeah. And um, it was good right out of the gate. Yeah. But I actually think by the last time we played it on Sunday, it was crushing. It was, yeah. Even the last time on Saturday, yeah. it had a nice, relaxed feel. And But drove. But, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, drove your like bass player, Steve and I... We're cut from the same cloth when it comes to groove. We, we're we're very much a like busy sixteenth note kind of thinker. Might not be the thing we're playing all the time, but the pulse that goes through our head is that's how we each think about groove. And and when we get to play the groove like that, like like what is hip, well then it's just get Off out the of the hook. way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, I think we should, we're going to talk just about what is hip in a few minutes. Okay. <laughs> so um, so we did our three sets. You know some. No train wrecks, absolutely no train wrecks, Mm-mm. which I think we both probably expected to be at least one. Yeah, I feel like the end of Drive My Car, the third time we played it, and that was just me being unfocused. I had I had gotten too comfortable. Um, if if we want to call anything a train wreck, it would have been that. I think you hit one extra snare. Yeah. I, I mean, train wreck. I know. Yeah. There's no definition of train wreck that has one extra snare hit in it. Right, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like I was... I. There, there was no excuse for me to miss it. Yeah. I knew exactly what we did. I did it right the set before. And True. that was the problem, right? Yeah. Is it was like, oh, now I know I this. It. I don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah. No, no. Then you have to think about it at least one more time. <laughs> yeah. So um, any reflections on any of the songs we played? Any particular favorites? Any any songs that were way different than what you thought or what you prepared for? Um. No. I, I Everything went as expected, which is good. Uh, we played a couple of those Paul Simon tunes in the first set, and then never came back to them. Uh, and I and I think the pulse was faster. Yeah, and actually, let me to. let me say something about that. Yeah. So we play late in the evening and Call Me Al. Yeah, and uh, these have been uh, Call Me Al has been a staple in our show for a long time. And late in the evening is something we just brought back after leaving alone for a while. And we have a comfort zone with those songs, of course. And um, it was an interesting thing because you played them. My assumption was that you were amped because you did play them sprightly. noticeably sprightly. Yeah. Yeah, sprightly. And, um, but you said, no, that's how you play them. You felt that's like, how I had played them right. in the past. Yeah. So the question that you asked and the, and the good takeaway for people listening 
is do we do any beats per minute? Yeah, any you know, metronome markings. Yeah, metronome markings uh, for uh, subs, especially sub drummers, really. Yeah, that's problems. really, yeah. And I hadn't even thought about that, so that's kind of a good lesson learned. Yeah, and even, I think, I think you can call me Al. I think somebody else counted me into that. But clearly, Joe counts that song for you guys. He plays it. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So no one on stage, because I think it was you or Nick actually that counted me into that. I thought you just started it. I did, but I looked to some. I looked to you guys and said, "How fast?" And you know, Nick kind of gave me a, and I just took it and went. Interesting. But that if if Nick's the one or you, whoever it was, maybe it could have even been Steve. Um, whoever. If that if someone counts the tune that's not used to counting the song, and especially if it wasn't the singer, you know that it's a it's a crapshoot as to whether they're correct or not. So I think that there's a little bit of a transference issue because there's something that sometimes happens with the meter that someone counts. Yeah, and the drummer picking it up from just four counts. Yeah, it's not enough because actually it's not enough because actually, right. I'll know myself. If between one and two, I catch that I'm too fast or too slow, mm-hmm. my three and four might be different. Yes. This is not a lot of time for a drummer to, what does he exactly want, right? Yeah. Oh, now so, he's all know, over the place. Yeah. So there <laughs> were a couple of times when I counted and what you gave me was not exactly what I counted. Right. And I think that's just, that's it's life. Just, that's life. Well, that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's the byproduct of me being a sub. Yeah. 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 That like was that, the only noticeable thing to yeah. me, actually. And those two songs were the only really noticeable things right. to me. Right. I can't think of any other song that we played. I mean, we played we played some, you know, uh, Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye. We played Let's Stay Together by Al Green. You know, those slower ones. Uh, my reflection from my side was, it's a very interesting thing to hear something different back there. You know, Joe doesn't miss gigs. Right. 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 He's a warrior. You yeah. Know? yeah. And he goes out of his way to make gigs, but this was unavoidable. And so I haven't had the benefit of really experiencing a different feel or, you know, it's been, it's just, it was a very interesting thing. And I'm not saying good or bad. I'm just saying different. It's different. Yeah. You know, different emphasis, that whole slightly, you know, ahead of the beat, behind the beat, that type of thing is very interesting. And that's what I was, you know, when you were talking in the the last gig, a sub should be invisible, transparent. And I was trying to say, that's almost impossible, especially with a drummer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but but you know, pleasantly, I really thought that the day went fantastic. I mean, there wasn't any music we threw at you that you can handle. You just loved opening up on the things you were opening up for, and so um, we should talk about what is hit because that was like that was this is the magic tune that you alluded to. I did the yeah. one that scared the crap out of me. What? what tell me no, so. So right now, yeah, you didn't think you would be able to pull it off. No, I knew I would be able to pull it off. <laughs> but, <laughs> but my problem was, you know, you gave me this list of songs and so I'm going through them. And in, the first thing I do is I go through them mentally as I'm reading the list. And like, I know that one. I know that one. I know that one. And what is hip was one that was on the, oh yeah, great. That's a fun one to play. I know that. Right. Peg was like this too. Uh, Peg. I, I'll yeah, tell yeah, you yeah. about that. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, I've played those songs. That's great. You know, no problem. And then I'm sitting at my drums working through the set list, you know, and I have a playlist that I'm kind of playing along with and I have all the songs in there. And the reason I have all the songs in it is so that I don't hate my prep time. Like, cause some of the songs I really got to like stop and stutter through them and work on, oh, yep. I got to chart this little thing and write this down or whatever. And then I have the songs that I know that I can just play through and it's like, oh, this is fun. So what is hip comes on my thing and it's like, and I'm like all like, uh, that was it. Like uh, I couldn't even get the intro together. <laughs> it was like, wait a minute. What? Like this is, this was the fun one. What What's going on here? 
And I realized, no, I, I've listened to the song a ton. I could sing you the drum part, but I could not play you the drum part two weeks ago. But it, the drum part, meaning you wanted to play exactly what Garibaldi's playing? Uh, as close I, as you could get? Um, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know that... I mean, listen, if I was on stage, I would have figured something out. But like a lot of those hits, like... Right? Because you've got to keep the groove going. The pulse has to stay there. And that's the hard part is these hits sometimes are in a weird spot for your for the, the hand that's going to do it when you're still keeping a... Right? I mean, there has to be that driving through. Yeah, yeah. And so that was the hard part to figure it out. And it was like, oh, yeah, that's why as a young drummer, you practice paradiddles and mm-hmm. ratamacues and like all these things. And and really, the, the, a lot of the reason for those, at least for drum set players, is so that you have the tools to get your hands in the right orientation for the next part that you need to get to yeah. while still playing whatever figure it is you're supposed to play. And so by the time you got here, had you figured out what you wanted to do? Or was this oh, still? Yeah. Oh, all right. Oh, no, no, no. All right. So you woodshed. I came in totally like cool. guns blazing for all that right. one. And we didn't do that with Nick in the rehearsal. No. So it was still wafted in the air. Oh, we, no. We uh, we talked a little a bit about it. Yeah. And then the next morning you said to me, you know, there is this other section that we do that we didn't talk about yesterday. And it was like, right, so I charted right, right. that out the morning of the gig. Yeah. 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 And that was important. Because that was non-standard. So we we go into that tune and like you were like, let's go, right? Yep. Like when we were when it was next on the set list, you're like, here we go, here we go, <laughs> yeah. Yep. And uh, you counted it off, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it starts with the drum engine. It does. Yep. And uh, so when we hit that first note, what what's it feel like to have that five piece horn section? Ah, oh, it was so nice, man. <laughs> you know, because you can I, yeah. like that's a tune. It's so much fun to play, um, but I can put in all the work in the world on my part. And it's irrelevant if I can't find musicians that also, A, can, and B, are willing to put in, you know, a similar amount of work to learn their parts. Yeah. This isn't a pickup song. Well, and in actuality, it's definitely not a pickup song. The horns are great on that, but really what drives the bus is strum, right? It's, it's bass I mean, drums. That Jocko, that Jocko part is, is crazy cool. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And um, it, it was interesting because, you know, I've been playing along with the, with the record for that one, and... The Tower of Power, everything is like way on top of the beat. It's like, you know, that 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 style of funk. And my natural thing is to to play behind the beat, but it is that 16th note groove. So it was comfortable enough. But I think that's part of what threw me off with the tune. And um, but Steve thinks slightly behind the beat, too. So I, I laid down the groove and we locked, you know, he started playing. It was like, oh, I see where he is now. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, yeah, let's put it here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, I have to correct myself. Not Jocko, Rocco. Rocco. Right, right, Rocco yes, Preston. that's right. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Anyway, so um, that was particularly fun for me because you were kind of glazed over and yeah. you were just elbows and hands flying around that kid. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I mean, the band kind of took notice, kind of looked over and was like, oh, yep. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, a couple of the horn guys asked, can we play that again in the yep. future set? So yeah. you definitely got their attention. So That's good. good job, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, that was fun. It's, it's, I said this all weekend, but it, it that song, there's especially in a couple of fills, uh, especially like the fills coming out of the, bah, dah, 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 but, bah, bah, you know, coming out of that section, if I'm not a hundred percent aggressive with it, I will lose my place. And in fact, Saturday was the, first time that i played it 
right mm. and didn't screw that up. How about that? All the way through. Well, cool. Good for you, man. <laughs> Little danger. So, yeah, I'd say, you know, we play, you know, the the, the grooves in, in late in the evening and, and uh, Call Me Al. That was kind of interesting. But a lot of the stuff we do is pretty straight ahead rock stuff. I mean, yeah. I, you, you seem to have a good time on even the simple stuff like like Everyday People. Oh, that was one of my favorites because it's such a slippery groove. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, that's the most important thing is the groove. Yeah. You can have fun with the little technical stuff on the songs where it it's applicable. But yep. you got to be able to lay it down. And Steve's a, a great, I mean, we just, we locked right in. Absolutely. Yeah. So. All right. So, uh, so what is hip was one and then talk about peg a little bit. Cause you, you know, again, yeah. more complicated song. It is. Um, I realized the first time I played along with that, that the last time I played along with that was in my high school <laughs> jazz band auditions when I didn't, or not my high school jazz band, my middle school jazz band auditions as a sixth grader. And I didn't make it. <laughs> so it is a song that, that, that uh, screwed you to yeah, some degree. Yeah, that's right. Um, but when I, it, unlike what is hip, when I played it through the first time, just, you know, listening along uh, in practice, it all came out perfectly fine. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is, this song's actually not that hard. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so that song grooved along great. And then the other song that involved quite a bit of drumming was Born to Run. Oh, Yeah. Definitely so, the first time I played that song. Yeah. Yeah. So you did a pretty good study of the original Boom Carter, yep. right? Yep. And, uh, you know, again, Boom is, what What did we say? He's almost more like a fusion, That's jazz right. fusion. Yeah. right. kind of drummer. Yeah. So, um, you know, you think of Born to Run, you think of the, the melody line, you think of the lyrics and all that type huh. of stuff. But there is, there is some very technical drumming going on in the original version of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just little spritz of it here and there. Yeah. But even just the way the whole part is constructed is a very non-rock and roll part. Right. Um, it's very much like reactive to the music as opposed to driving the well, music. Well, there's a lot going on in the song. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of feel changes. There's a ton of feel Starts changes. Starts at 10 and ends at 20, basically, right? Right. right. So, yeah. Yeah. Takes nope. a little dip to about 16 for a little yeah. interlude before it you know, goes out. But yeah. That was fun. I really liked playing that oh, song. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't, you, you actually t- took the moment to mention on the drive home, like, that was a song. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good. It was fun. Yeah. All right. So, any other reflections on our Saturday together? Three sets? Four sets? No. It was all good. It was all good? Yeah. Saturday was, was, uh, was, was great. And then there's Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, let me preface this. Nothing bad happened from a playing standpoint right. on Sunday. Right. But uh, we closed this gig. Um, we moved from the stage we're on over to a giant amphitheater that at the Alameda County Fairgrounds has hosted many, many famous you know people at the Alameda County Fair over the years. Johnny Cash played there. Many, many people played there. Yeah. And we're kind of walking around backstage. And it's, yeah, it's like you know, it's a fairgrounds. of reverence. It is. But it, you know, it's a fairgrounds type of feel. Yeah. But this is uh, a beautiful amphitheater. Probably sits about six, seven hundred. Would you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be right. But it was kind of cool. You know, we're setting up. We have this whole place to ourselves. You're looking out to this beautiful amphitheater seating. Yeah, this giant stage. Giant. Got the same big sound system there. You know, cranked up a little bit more. Yep. Um, like I said, you walked in, the drum set was ready for right you. There. Your, your trusted sub was right at your, at yes, your side. Yes. The, the thumper was there. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we had a couple of, couple of things to ring out, but we got to it and then, you know, again, we played domino and it was great. Yeah. And I think everybody was loose and ready for a great day. This is a one hour set before this auto show does their like closing award ceremonies. So, you know, when we first started, there were a couple of people, you know, wandering in. 
we weren't playing with that many people at Downbeat, but over the course of the hour, you know, quite a few people. And then by the time we were done, and it was actually pretty full, but we were into some crazy power problems. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. For a stage that's hosted. Yeah, that know, hosts like big acts. I, I just, yeah. So, so what happened was in the middle, the first time it happened was in the middle of Pink Cadillac. Yep. And it was almost at like the downbeat of a, of a, a part where, you know, we, we kind of pull Soften out up. everything. We, yeah. we simplify. And then you talk to the crowd before we bring it back up. And so at first it was like, oh, how many people stop playing? Like, oh, no, wait, mate, we have a, we have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And then they figured it out. And then we played. So that one took a while, right? Yeah. You know, the, Bill was. Well, we were trying to troubleshoot half the stage was okay. That's so right. Bill was That's trying right. to go around and, you know, plug into the circuits on the other side of the stage. And we we're trying to figure out a plan B and the venue. There wasn't really anyone from the venue around. So they had to go find the, an electrician type of guy. Yeah. And, and so come out, comes back on. We get about two more songs in and out. Out. Yep. <sighs> and then now it's getting to be, okay, this is going to be weird. This is like right? Spinal Tap now. Right. And then, then the electrician had gotten there and, you know, whatever had been moved or fixed or, you know, changed or whatever had been happened. And then we got three or four more songs in. And then, funny, the last beat of the last song. Yeah. Out. <laughs> out. Like I hit the last thing and I hear my ears just like cut out to zero. Yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? I thought the band was actually cooking and, you it know, was. It, it would have been a great set. Yeah. It, I, you know what? I think it was a great set. Mm. It just didn't have any flow to it. Right. But I mean, and through no often, fault of and our often own. no power. And often <laughs> no power. Yeah. The funniest was the end of what is hip. Um, Cause that was one of the tunes where the power went out, but it went out right before you guys end with the, um, that turnaround, and and then you do a bunch of hits and we're out. And it ended about half the power went out about halfway through that. But obviously my drums were still making noise. Steve's bass was still on and the horns, even the horn mics were still on. So mm-hmm. I think it was just like keys and guitars that, that dropped well, out I thought there. it was front of house too. And maybe front of house. Yeah. That's possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But certainly on stage for those of us, Upstage, Steve, me, and the horns. The sound we were all we we could all still hear each oh, other. How interesting! And so we didn't stop, and we talked about it after. I mean, there was no conversation in There's the no moment. Stopping and what is it? We, yeah, we looked at each other and was like, "Well, I, I wasn't going to stop." Oh, I remember because we all shouted off mic. Off what mic. Is what is it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Crazy man. But yeah, there was no stopping that train, man. Yeah. It was happening. Yeah. So I don't know. I I was. It's disappointing. Uh, it was disappointing because I really wanted to end strong and have a really fun last set. And again, we played well and it was fun. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it's kind of a silly thing beyond your control, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't everything it could have been. So it was correct. a little disappointing. Yeah, correct. But So, all right. So uh, you've basically lived my life for four I, days. I know. I lived amongst, uh, I lived, yeah, alongside Paul yeah, Kent. Including eating at Shake Kent. <laughs> including eating it and sleeping here. Yeah. Too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, it was a fantastic weekend. I'm really stoked. That's cool. Well, yeah. all the prep worthwhile for the amount. Absolutely. All right, cool. And the prep was was mostly fun. I mean, some parts of it are like, I really should go spend two hours and like run through these again. Yeah. But, but that was, you know, you were saying in the last show, don't drive yourself crazy with this. Have fun. It, you know, that's the point. And for me, I have more fun if I'm somewhat prepped. I mean, I don't want to be over prepped. But knowing what part, at least maybe not knowing the full counts of everything, but knowing that, you know, later in this song, this thing happens and I know exactly what that thing is. 
having somebody just give me a head nod, like, oh, we're going to do that thing now, lets me relax for in- the entire rest of the song. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it was good. Any things you'll take away from this experience you'll bring back to your band? I'm sure. I, I, I'll, any I'll, songs? I'll let you know. Um, any songs? I don't know. I don't know. Peg would be one that I think Fling could do. Mm-hmm. And that would be a fun one. Yeah. 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 Could you hear our harmonies on the backgrounds of Peg? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had a nice little mix. Good. Yeah. 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 Ears were, ears were perfect. Good. Yeah. I mean, except for if I didn't make them perfect, like the first set, I guess I didn't put your, uh, Mike Mendoza, your sax player in. He's out front taking a solo. Blowing his brains out. Yeah. I could tell. And uh, you missed it. I couldn't hear, like, not even a little, like, not bleed because you from couldn't anywhere. find what he was assigned on the app. It was named something wrong. I I got with him after the the, the set and was like, "Which one is you?" And he's like, "Oh, it's why didn't I call that today?" I'm like, "Okay, great, you know." Funny. But um, but he's like, "You were backing me up during my solos." He's like, "How did you know?" I'm like, "Oh, I watched your back, and when I saw you take a big breath, that's when I'd play a fill to yeah. set you up for the next one." He's like, "Well, thanks, man." <laughs> like, hey, and your ears fail you? Yeah. Use your eyes. And my guys took pretty good care of you, I think. Your guys took great care of me. Yeah. Yep. It's a good group of guys. The, the House Rockers are truly a band and, and, and truly a rock band. I mean, you guys, you know, you don't hold anything back. That's how it should be. That's cool. Well, yeah. Yeah. we had a blast. And, the, you know, the guys have all said to me in different ways, messages and notes, that they were just really, really happy with how great you played and how fun you were to play with. I think yeah. more than anything. Yeah. Right. I would say this, you know, not, not, not go overboard with the stroking. As good a player as you are, you're a joyous player. I mean, I look back there and I know you, right? Sure. But I think anybody, I think anybody in the band and anybody watching the show sees a guy who just loves music so much and like I, you know i have a bunch of pictures we'll post them but your yeah. tongue is out your yeah. eyes are glazed yeah. you know you're smiling you're you're you're, you're like grunting at your drums like yeah. like you are an animal at that thing and and was really fun and uh you know the grooves were great the brotherhood was great you added right in so you're an honorary you're an honorary house rocker oh, well that's <laughs> that's that's an honor <laughs> well anytime you need me if uh the schedule can work uh I would be more than happy well, cool. to uh, to you know step into Joe's shoes for a weekend. Awesome! I know the guys are going to be happy to have him back because uh, they don't need to worry as much. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, we're, I, Joe's our guy. That's know? what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, for not having our guy, you did a really super yeah. job, and yeah. I'm glad you had fun and yeah. uh, appreciate all the prep work you did. Of course. And uh, you know, my my payoff for the prep. Aside from the money part of it, the payoff for the prep is if you had a really good time. That's the key. Yeah. yeah. No, so, and, that, and it totally paid good off. Good musical experience for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now my hands know to know how to do some things they didn't know how to well, do How about before, that? So You're welcome. There you go. Yeah. All right, folks. We will uh, thank you for listening. Let us know what you think. Visit us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Podcast and uh, let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, folks. Bye.